This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. The Amazing People Podcast with Sam and Duncan. Yes, hello and welcome to the Amazing People Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Duncan. And today I thought we'd journey into the life of a veteran. Because it's something I don't really know a whole bunch about. I've seen a few movies about veterans, what it's like when you come back home and resettle in. But uh, this is the first person that I've met, Matt Walker. That's right. Yeah. So he is a army commando veteran. Mm. And we're talking the English. So he's Green Beret. Green Beret. Okay, yeah. If you remember, uh, not the Terminator, not the, the other one set in the jungle. Commando. Commando. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> With Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's the guy we're talking about. Okay. okay. Now, not only that, I mean, he's now a veteran, but he's a personal trainer. He's a movement coach. He has had 20 years plus experience coaching in a whole bunch of different disciplines. Also a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. It's Re- quite a CV. It is. It's yeah, an extraordinary yeah. CV and an extraordinary life. All right. Well, here it is on the Amazing People podcast, Matt Walker, Amazing Person of the Week. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Duncan. I feel a bit nervous having you in the studio (laughs) as a personal trainer and a jiu-jitsu coach, neither of which I spend any time with, Matt. So, uh, go easy on us, please. I'm very gentle, really. (laughs) Mate, can you... you, Because when I hear Green Beret, right, I conjure up images of, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, rolling through the jungles, just the elite of the elite. Mate, what, what is a Green Beret? So... One of the original films I watched when I was a kid was Commando with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, most people think like Green Berets, Commandos, I like that. You know, big, muscly, strong, stuff like that. And actually, it's the opposite. Most Commandos are actually a bit smaller. Yeah. Right. They're a bit tougher and it's more their mindset that makes them different, actually, not their... Uh, physical attributes. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've got to be physically tough and physically strong, but actually uh, what, what makes the commando forces in the UK different is is our mindset um, and not giving up. So can you t- talk me through that? When you say a mindset, it's, it, yep. it's a change in a mindset. What do you, what does that look like? So so a lot of the training for the commandos, what make, makes it uh, different is uh, they take you to the point of, of uh, you want to give up, you want to stop, and most people do. Most people do. And the ones that are left are the ones that pass. And obviously, that's why the commander forces are used in, in certain situations in around the world, because they need a special, a special breed of person with a special mind and mental fortitude to keep going. Right. What was it like serving in the military? I like... Um, Man, I loved it. I loved serving in the military. Before, before I joined, um, I was a bit lost as a youngster. I didn't really know what to do. I mean, don't get me wrong, I came from a great family. You know, my mum and dad, extremely supportive to me. Mm-hmm. But I got to my teenage years and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. I want no idea. You know, and I tried different jobs. I tried this and that. And then one day I, I walked uh, past the careers office and I was like, I'll go and give this a try. I had a look, uh, cut a long story short. I did the uh, I did the test to see what regiment I could join, and I did all right. I could have joined the engineers. I could have done this, that, and whatever. And uh, there was one job that popped up that said uh, Gun and Commando, and I was like, Matt, I like that name because I saw in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> like Commando, and I was like, I want to do that. 
And the guy was like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should go and do something else. And then that was my mind was set. I did that and I was going to pass. I was going to do that. So I uh, joined the army, went through, uh, passed uh, the commando course after the third attempt, uh, <laughs> which was uh, uh, pretty difficult. That's a longer story. And um, man, it changed my life. Uh, I loved it. it uh, I wouldn't say I was like a lazy kid or anything like that, but man, I had no like, I had no like drive when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? To do it, I was so confused what to do. And the military, you know, it broke me down, built me back up. You know, um, it gave me lots of opportunities and uh, especially uh, doing all the stuff that I love, like fitness, training, being with my friends, going adventure training, going around the world. It was it was just amazing. It it, it really did um, give me a lot of stuff being in the military. I feel like um, there's a real sense of disconnect that you see with a lot of veterans post serving in the military because your mindset is very singular. You're working in a close proximity with guys that you've developed a real sense of relationship. And there's a really clear purpose every single day when you get up, right? And then you, f- you finish your, your time serving in the military and all that kind of evaporates. And there's this chasm, I guess. Can Can you kind of explain why something like for instance the war memorial right now is willing to commit hundreds of million of dollars to upgrade their memorial in canberra just so we can highlight veterans because that seems to be a really important thing for a person post-military life i think um now Especially in the UK. I mean, I've only lived in Australia for a few years now. So um, the Australian military system, I'm not really researching too up on. Sure. Um, But I know when I left, uh, it was like just Afghanistan was happening and like uh, Iraq and stuff like that. And was just kind of kicking off. Do you know what I mean? And there there wasn't much for veterans when they came back. uh, some of the stuff the guys had seen in Afghanistan and, and Iraq was pretty terrible. I mean, the stories I won't, I, I don't really want to say on the radio because yeah. it's obviously, you know, probably not uh, suitable. But um, they came back and they were, you know, said like, I've had friends with arms blown off, you know, legs blown off, stuff like that. And they got back and they were given some money, mm. you know, 100 yeah. grand, 200 grand. They're going by a Range Rover, uh, go on a nice holiday, buy a fancy watch. And then all of a sudden they'd run out of money. Because they had no assistance from the government. Um, and then all of a sudden they had nothing, you know. And I think the British government uh, started to realise they actually needed to give support to these guys rather than just a payout. Mm. And now it's a lot better. It's a lot better. It's not brilliant, but it's a lot better. I know in Australia the same as well. It's getting better. And people are starting to realise we need to look after these guys and girls, whether you agree with the war or not. Okay, um, man, I know everyone's got like different different approaches on it, but like um, I know like the invasion of Iraq and stuff like that is uh, you know we shouldn't have done it. The, the weapons of mass destruction and all of that type of stuff is uh, you know was made up and stuff. But you know these are like our young sons and daughters going out there and they're coming back and they've seen stuff that people shouldn't see. Yeah, you know, and we got we've got to support them. We got to support them whether we agree or not. And so um, I think the government are realizing that now. What is some of the disconnect that you experience once you leave the military? Yeah, so, like, for me, when I I left the military because I got injured playing a rugby match, actually. Right. And um, I couldn't get promoted anymore 
for because in in the regiment I was in, which was two nine commando, um, it was a physical regiment. To get promoted, you you had to do physical um, promotion courses to go, and they they were tough, right? And uh, I had a just cut a long story short. I I got injured, dislocated my shoulder, ruptured some discs, stuff like that, and they were like, man, you can't. Uh, carry on in this regiment or you can but you've got to go in you've got to stay like a gunner and go um and uh and uh basically make tea for the officers so mm-hmm. i was like man i don't want to do this so i left again i was actually quite glad i left at the time i was like right okay i want to go and do something else and um, all my friends were leaving as well they were going to go and do close protection out in iraq and afghanistan because the money was very good you were getting paid like four or five times the amount i mean personally i didn't want so to these do- are like private military yeah groups, private military basically just mercenaries yeah for american government or private firms mm. um there's lots of stuff uh it's kind a- of di- 80s movie frame of reference delta force delta force okay all right <laughs> so a lot of like uh, a lot of australian commandos and and infantry guys did it as well british uh, sas uh, paratroopers commandos infantry i mean australian um um, British soldiers in New Zealand are known to be like the best, especially like the commandos, the paratroopers, people like that. In the infantry units as well, they're very, very good soldiers. So the private companies want them. Yeah. Right. So everyone was leaving and going. So I was actually quite glad I left. Um, after a few months, I was like, man, I miss my friends. Yeah. I miss my friends and I miss that, like, uh, going out together, training, you know, going away, traveling, doing all this stuff. That was the main thing I missed, you mm. know, and the excitement. The excitement of everything, everything was new, everything was like, you know, and um, yeah, so, so, uh, and that camaraderie and that community, I suppose, you know, we'd, uh, we'd have such great times, man, mm. such great times. So I miss that. So I, uh, I, I looked for a long time to try and find that again. Mm. And I, I did find that again. Uh, with jiu-jitsu what, what I trained with Duncan actually uh, some of I, I think it's very similar a jiu-jitsu academy to the military it's not it's not the same but mm. I think it's I think it's very similar the feeling mm. you know we go we, we have a good fight with each other and then we shake hands have a cuddle at the end which is you know <laughs> sometimes we have a cuddle in the middle <laughs> yeah we, so we have a cuddle in the middle <laughs> and uh, yeah so so that, that that's what I miss the most um, I didn't you know I, I don't have that kind of like uh, man, queen and country and, you know, all of that type of thing. It, it was my mates that I missed. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I have a uh, strong PTSD. I mean, um, I don't think I have anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I certainly I, haven't seen it, you know, yeah, in the, no, in the no. years that I've known you. Yeah, so I, I don't think I have PTSD. I, I just know a lot of people, a lot of my friends that suffer from it. Yeah. And um, I know it's a problem and it's not – the good news is that the majority – the research shows the majority of the soldiers actually are doing fine, hmm. actually are doing great. Hmm. You know, uh, the training, especially in the Australian and the British forces, is exceptional. It's the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's the best in the world. So it makes you very strong and they do prepare you to to, to uh, go into combat and, and do these things. But the problem is there's some horrific things that – um, is seen now I didn't see two horrific things I saw some violence I saw a little bit of this but the majority of the stuff uh, the stories that have come back from some of my friends especially who served before me in Bosnia and stuff like that yeah are just are just terrible mm. are just terrible now the good news is most of these guys are fine mm. 
they're strong, they're good, they're okay. But I think depending on what research you read, I think this is a more American forces, it's like 10 to 30% of military veterans are suffering some form of PTSD. Now, PTSD is that there's people who are sad from what they've seen and there's PTSD. They're two, they're two different things. Ah, okay, right. They're two different things. Do you know what I mean? PTSD, the definition of PTSD is changing all the time. Yep. And people are still learning about it. It used to be in World War One. it was called shell shock. World War Two, I think it was called combat fatigue. Yeah. Now the, there was other words for it. Vietnam veterans called it something else. I've forgotten. And now it's PTSD. And the definition from that is changing all the time. I'm not an expert in PTSD. Right. Whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? I've done some research, um, heard some stories. Um, and I'm just, I'm now I, I'm trying to uh, find out a bit more to help, help the guys who have PTSD. Yeah. And I guess the hard thing is, is because it's a a mental condition, for yep. want of a better word, it, it's kind of hard to nail down because it presents differently in different people. It does. Yeah. So if, uh, man, PTSD, like we're specifically talking about combat veterans, right, in the yep. moment with PTSD. But of course there's, man, I've got friends who are police officers, firefighters. Um, yeah, you know, mm. uh, and some of the stories of you know seeing seeing what they see if they're going after child predators or the firefighters going you know to cut yep. people out of cars. Uh, the firefighters. One of my friends was a firefighter at the Grenville Towers in uh, the UK. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that. Oh gosh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean these guys are man. These guys are suffering from PTSD from what they've seen. Yeah. Right? Okay. And uh, police officers. Well, my father-in-law was a peace police officer and man i'm sure he suffered from ptsd yeah 100 percent. like when he tells me some of the stories what he's uh seen but remember there's a difference between some of these some of these guys have ptsd and some of them are sad from what they've seen yeah totally there's a there's a difference and if uh, people think they're suffering from ptsd they need to go and get assessed uh or go to a therapist yeah by a professional do you know what i mean and some are like um i'm not totally an expert on ptsd and the signs and symptoms but some of them are uh, kind of avoiding the situation do you know what i mean so avoiding situations will conjure up the memories of yeah. what happened okay so um and sleeplessness at night nightmares vivid nightmares of the of what happened mm. yeah um emotional responses like a lot of anger anxiety nervousness Okay, and and stuff like this. And if anyone's uh, suffering from these, and especially combat veterans, they need to go and get help. Yeah, they need to go and get help straight away and assess. And hopefully, it's just you know something that is not as serious as full blown PTSD. Mm. Uh, but the good news is the the research is showing out there that people who go and get help, they get better. Mm. They good. get they get better, but they need to go and search help. They need to go and get help from it. I would guess it. It's a um because I just, you know, I think it, you personally, but I think of everyone who kind of serves in the military, you, you kind of recreated as a new person mentally. And there's this sense of really kind of strength and athleticism yeah. and mm. being able to be mentally stronger than anyone else yeah. and pushing yourself harder and further. And we won't just run that hill twice. We'll run it yeah. three times because we've got the ability to do it. And then... PTSD sets, you know, takes hold, and you find yourself in a place where you're actually feeling pretty broken. Yeah. Um, but you've been conditioned to think of yourself 
yeah. in some levels is invincible, you yeah. know. And so that must be a very hard conversation for someone who's dealing with that to then go to a doctor and say, listen, I, I actually think I need some help on this. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, um, But it's not a sign of weakness, you it's know. It's not a sign of weakness. And actually, the, the research is so much interest. I was, I was reading something the other day that um, I can't remember where it was from, but the more combat situations a soldier has seen, the more intense the firefights they have seen, the more complex and harder the PTSD is, but also the more stigma they have and the more belief that soldier has that PTSD doesn't exist in them, mm. the actual stronger the PTSD is. Mm. Right. And it's really interesting, actually, because... Um, I think there's a there's a thing not just within soldiers but definitely within uh within uh men and I know there's women that suffer PTSD as well as well of course but definitely in men most of the stories I hear are from men mm. right okay is um that I don't need help I don't need help I don't need I'm strong enough for this but man I I think everyone needs to go and get therapy at some point yeah do you know yeah. what I mean we're all suffering from something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And We're all dads who are married yeah. who are dealing with stuff oh, in our lives. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know, I think it's super important. And if uh, anyone out there is is feeling uh, some of those symptoms, they need they need to go and find help. And it's not a weak thing to do at all. It's actually the opposite, especially if you've got a family, mm. you know, to look after and stuff like that. You have to, you have to, it's like, uh, you know, when you see a plane crashing and the oxygen mask pop down. Do you know what I mean? They say look after yourself first mm. before yeah. your family. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's exactly like that. You know, you you've got to be uh, strong and healthy, and it's very easy to think, no, I can you know ride through this when actually it's the the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's changing now. What we said before, I think the government and there's they're raising awareness of this, and I I want to do the same somehow. Um, I've kind of got a few ideas already of how to do that, but um. Yeah, I think I think everyone as a whole needs to to look after our veterans and our police and fire service mm. and medics. Mm. I mean, doctors, every everyone who's seeing this this stuff that you know, humans we shouldn't really see on a day to day basis. You know. Yeah. Thinking about that, so obviously we've got to look out for for veterans and and those who serve us. But what what are some other ways that we can be helping? Looking out for you. So, man, like I think. Is especially with soldiers, got to be very careful that it doesn't look like uh, kind of uh, giving handouts. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like um, speaking personally, we don't want that. Do you know what I mean? But I think the best way, the best way at the minute, is to to look for the main charities that are helping these guys. Yeah, and doing the research. I think that at the moment, I think just going to uh, a soldier and saying, "Look, I think you've got this. You need to go and get help." They're going to be put a hand up and be like, nope, you know. But I think at the minute it's just trying to raise awareness of the subject. And with the charities, I in the UK, the uh, Royal British Legion is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, they're excellent, excellent, excellent. They helped me when I left. Mm. Um, also, there are two jiu-jitsu foundations. Um, uh, one is called Reorg, 
which mm. is very, very good. And also the other one is the We, Die, uh, we Defy Foundation in the US. Yeah. And uh, there's heaps of like black belts, ex-soldiers that are doing like uh, programs using martial arts to help these guys. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of research on using fitness, health and fitness, mindful meditation, all of that stuff, which is encompasses jujitsu all in one package to help these guys. So personally, those type of programs are, are great to kind of start looking up start uh, giving some money towards you know and to help these guys well matt listen it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you man and i really appreciate you taking the time to to hang out with us today no worries thank you and look if you are struggling mentally or with employment opportunities or know a veteran who might be there are loads of great organizations working side by side with those who serve and protect our country One to check out is soldieron.org.au. Hey, thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to introducing you to another amazing person next week. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.